Hello, and welcome to my show, Searching for Integrity. My name really is John Smith, and I'm searching for people with integrity. And I'm searching for people with integrity. Why? Because our country suffers from IDD, Integrity Deficit Disorder. We have a, a grand visitor today where our guest, Julie Rogers Pavalia, and um, welcome. Come on in. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yes. Uh, it, uh, it's a, I, I've already ordered the book. <laughs> When I started seeing all oh, the pictures, I'm so things, glad. Yeah, I did. I started uh, all the books, and uh, this is really interesting to me. Of course, I was. This was when I was, uh, I don't know, six or seven, eight or nine, when this came along, mm -hmm. and uh, I remember my parents couldn't couldn't peel me off the TV. And, the, and yeah. <laughs> Uh, but it's uh, yeah, it's um, it was a different day, very much so. You know, I had this in my head, and it helps the integrity part. But I remember, and I'm going to call him Roy for this inter inter interview. Um, and okay, Mr. Roy, <laughs> no, and, you can uh, call him Roy, he liked to be called Roy. Okay, we'll do Roy. Um, he hated to be called. He, he said, just don't call me Mr. Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. There was another Rogers coming along he didn't know about. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, um, I began looking and looking and looking and uh, thinking in certain scenes that were, were there and it seemed like every, I think there were like 30-hour segments on the TV. And they were looking for, um, I guess it was something, he said, all the bad guys, he always got the bad guys some way or another. And, yep. and, in, and, in, and in getting that and doing that, um, he was, it was, it's like it was a perfect fit for him to say, conclude with something about something that he had to do or they shouldn't have done that or, or whatever, you know, that's, that's yep. the mission. That's the mission that we're after. And uh, there was always I, a moral. There was always a moral to the story type thing. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, I, mm -hmm. I don't know, not you, but I'm, I'm getting chills. <laughs> uh, only he, fading um, back in the. Yeah, I, um, I. Sometimes when I'm flipping around channels, I'll see his show and I just like looking at it for nostalgia's sake because it's really fun to see moving, alive, talking, you know, uh, video of your grandparents. Because back then, I mean, I don't even have that of my parents because obviously they weren't on TV, um, but not many people have that to be able to see them 
talking, walking, breathing, you know, interacting with people. And it just brings me back to a different day. So I suppose I like watching his show for a little bit different reason. But nonetheless, um, I really enjoy those old shows. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, who is this? Oh, yeah. Well, that's me. (laughs) (laughs) And not, yeah, it was a few years ago. Um, Yeah, I've been been singing and representing them for a while. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I also think you had some fun with that, too. I Um, did. I, yeah. I have had a lot of fun, and I, I never get tired of people's stories about them. People right. say, oh, I'm sure you've heard it millions of times before, and I say, I always say it doesn't matter. I, it makes me feel good. It makes my heart happy to hear these things, so sure. go right ahead. It's wonderful. Um, now, yeah. a couple of the uh, people in the cast, cast a, one, of course, was Gabby Hayes, mm-hmm. and... Uh, the other one, I believe, was Andy Devine. Andy Devine was in, yeah, um, yeah he was in some. Uh-huh. Uh, Pat Brady was in the later ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know. But, you know, Gabby Hayes was not at all like his character in real life. He was uh, an in- like an English gentleman. He had been uh, schooled in, in Britain in um you know very formal acting he wore his hair slicked back he drove a jaguar he wore tweed suits and, and he had teeth and he was not anything like uh gabby he'd go to set put on old clothes mess up his hair and take his teeth out and he was ready to go <laughs> so for a kid it seemed like for you know a kid it seemed like he was two different people Yes, wow. yes. That's certainly a, a way for people <laughs> to remember you. And it, I guess it's the, he had some pretty good parts in, in that. Um, yeah. I, I, uh, I'm a table of contents freak. Really? Really. That's because. So, I, I, what you, why? Why? Because it tells me the story all the way through. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. And, uh, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. Um, for instance, I've got a printout here. And uh, the, the first one, obviously, was who were Roy Rogers and Dale Evans? Yeah. <laughs> yep, of course, I yep. know. <laughs> Well, you know, I actually, when I started writing the book, my first chapter was, I'd like a Grampy, please. Um, (laughs) Because it started with with us and our our young son ordering, you know, a Roy Rogers drink. But then I started talking to my publisher and started thinking about it more. And I thought, you know, some people are going to be picking up this book and they're not going to know as much about who Roy and Dale are. And maybe I should... Or the children, you know, like the family. So maybe I should kind of preface the book with adding those two chapters in. So I added those at the last minute. Who were Roy and Dale? And then will the real child please stand up? Because people are always asking, now, wait a minute, wait a minute. Which one was your your father? And how was it? Uh-huh. So 
so those two were kind of written in more of a biographical style, not so much a conversational style like the rest of the book, um, which is kind of weird because I wanted it to start off conversational with I'd like a grampy, please. But I think those two chapters are important to kind of uh, orientate the reader as to what we're talking about. Absolutely. I'm with you all the way yeah. on that one. And it, yeah. uh, it, it kind of gets your, get your heels dig in, dug in, and mm -hmm. then want some more. Um, now, let's see. Will the real child please stand up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's our family is very uh, diverse. And um, we never paid any attention to who was from what uh what parent who was adopted who was foster who you know it just didn't make any difference in our family at all and yet people always want to know and it's very confusing family so um you know nobody is related only two of the siblings are related to each other biologically everybody else nobody's related blood related to anybody but they're still family they're all family to all of us everybody is and uh, my dad is the only biological son of Dale and my uncle Dusty and aunt Linda Lou are the only biological children of grandpa and the rest are adopted. My, I have an aunt from that is Choctaw native American. I have an aunt that was from Korea. I have an aunt that was from Scotland. I had an uncle that had special needs because he had been beaten badly as a child and uh -huh. had mild brain damage and a broken nose when they adopted him. So uh, we had lots of love in our family, lots of understanding uh, and very diverse and, and culture and any of that other stuff didn't really matter. And it mattered in that in that my grandparents wanted them to be proud of their heritage wherever they came from. But um, but we didn't there was no racism as you call it today in our family right. <laughs> so people right. can look at me and i'm totally caucasian and they think oh you probably know nothing about you know diversity and it's like oh let me tell you i grew up in a family <laughs> of diversity so yeah what's what's the total of the uh of the children grandchildren well we had nine they had nine children Five of those were adopted. Um, and then we had um, 16 grandchildren. One has passed. So we have 15. And then there are 30-something great-grandchildren. And now there's great-great-greats. So it's gotten out of hand. And I don't even know the, the total number now. <laughs> so lots, lots of love, though. Right, right. Um, the, um, let's see. One thing I didn't get through the computer was a, uh, who's on the cover? Oh, that's me. Okay. Uh, that's it. me with my, my horse at home, Sonny. Uh -huh. um, I had to talk to him so he didn't get a big head about all of this stuff. You know, he was starting to get a little demanding, wanting certain, you know, feed in his trough and wanting, you know, the air conditioning to be at a certain temperature. And I said, no, no, <laughs> you're just, don't, don't think, don't think too highly of yourself there, Sonny. You're just still a horse. And um, so, yeah, that was in my backyard. And yeah. then grandma and grandpa are on the cover of the, you know, the real stuff. Um, I was going to name it real to real, 
like R R E E L to R E A L. Then I looked up on Amazon and saw how many books are entitled real to real. And there were a lot. So I went a different direction. What happens on Friday nights at the ranch? Big time? Oh, my goodness. Oh, we had the best time. It was always chaotic and fun and just so warm and inviting. The house, the whole house smelled like dinner cooking and um, kids were running around and, um, you know, aunts and uncles. I felt so safe there and my life was so perfect at the time uh and i felt that back then i remember feeling that that the ranch was magical to me it was my happy place and there were so many little nooks and crannies and spaces to explore they had 300 acres and they did a lot of filming on their own land just right out their back door and they had they had horses and cows and guinea fowl and um pigs and sheep and chickens and just so many places to play hide and seek it was there was just no end to the fun and none of us had cell phones you know so (laughs) nobody was on a screen and we just had the best time ever every weekend well you nailed it in chapter six my happy place Yep. That's exactly (laughs) right. I used to love going in their closets and exploring all of their uh, rhinestone fringed, leather fringed outfits that they would wear, their show clothes. And I'd turn on the light and all the colors would go on the ceiling and dance around. I'd stick my arm in the sleeves. And um, it was just, it was like this happy place, you know. You just went and it was, it was magic. So Mama Dale and Daddy Roy. Oh my, you know, know, the three of us girls, I have two older sisters. We were the only ones that called them Mama Dale and Daddy Roy. And I never knew why, because my sisters are much older than me Uh and me and all the rest of the grandchildren. So when my sisters were born, my grandma was only 35 and she really didn't want to be called grandma quite yet because she was very, you know, glamorous and whatever. Um, So there was a little bit of her that didn't want to be called grandma yet. And my sisters were the same age as the kids that they were adopting. So my aunts and uncles, some of them are my sister's ages. They're like more like cousins, but anyhow, um, my grandma suggested that my sisters call them mama Dale and daddy Roy. And so that was fine. But then I came along and all the rest of my cousins and everybody else by that time was calling them grandma and grandpa. But I was in the family that was calling them mama, Dale and daddy Roy. So I just said that. And, and all of a sudden, pretty soon I started feeling really strange. Like, why do we have to call them that? And everybody else is just calling them grandma and grandpa. And I never got an answer. I mean, nobody would answer me. And I just thought it was so strange. So I thought, <laughs> well, forget this. I'm just going to call him grandma and grandpa. And so I did. And um, years later, I found out the whole story behind that. Um, and I'm not quite sure why they didn't tell me at the time, because I would have understood, I think. Um, but they made it such a mystery that I thought, okay, this is weird. <laughs> so... 
but he signed it on one of the pages in the book. It has my little autograph dog from my birthday that they gave me and mm. they signed it on there with the rest of my family. And he signed it, Daddy Roy, on that little autograph dog of mine. Right. I, uh, so funny. I'm on a, uh, uh, I'm in line for a, for a, for a book. They're gonna, they're oh, gonna, he's so happy. Yeah, they're, they're going to start dispensing, uh, I guess, in, in, in the coming week. So you wow. better, get your, better get your copy ready. Um, now here's something here that I thought was interesting. Trigger and buttermilk. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Trigger and buttermilk were very different. Uh, trigger was everything you thought he was. Um, buttermilk, right. not so much. <laughs> but Trigger uh -huh. was a great horse. When we were on him, Grandpa would put us on Trigger. And um, he was such a great horse. He just knew. You just sensed that he, he knew there was a child on his back. And that he needed to be very careful and move very slowly. And he was such a nice horse and very smart. Grandpa and him had a bond like like no one else had right. with that horse. Right. And there were some other triggers in the wings to, you know, as backups, but none were like the old man. He called uh, Trigger was fondly known as the old man when he mm -hmm. got in his later years. And they would talk about the old man. And um, and that's the trigger that I knew. But buttermilk, however, was was he had an attitude and, right. you know, he was he was um, abused as a young horse, which is sad. Um, sure. And he was actually on a trailer going to the slaughterhouse when they picked him off the truck and a few of the other horses and brought them to Hudkins stables where they would rent out horses for the movie industry. So he got saved by you know, at the last minute on the uh -huh. way to being killed. And uh, when he got there, he just, he was real sour, just didn't have a great personality and very stubborn. And he was a hard horse to handle. And right. when they gave him to grandma, that really showed up clearly because she didn't know how to ride a horse to begin with. So he was a lot for her to handle. And she didn't do real well at first, but she kind of grew into it. They picked huh? buttermilk because of his coloring was so good against triggers. Um, they had her on a Palomino at first and they were, they said, no, that doesn't work because they look, the two horses look too much alike and right. buttermilk having a, a dark mane and a gray body. He showed up really nicely next to trigger. So they chose uh -huh. him, but grandpa said, I've never seen so much blue sky between a woman's rear end and a horse in my life when she trotted <laughs> off that first day on set and he thought wow it's gonna be a long haul for this one so she took some lessons and by the time they finished their, their show she was a pretty decent writer wow that's good um <laughs> let's see how about the man in red oh my goodness he was he was just a mystery to me. He was so, I was enthralled with him whenever he'd come around. Um, his name was Frank Millard. And in, this, in the 50s, 60s, he had a, a used luxury car dealer, dealership in the valley in, in the L.A. basin there. And he sold uh, Aston Martins and Jaguars and, you know, every other kind of high-end car. And grandpa was in business with him for a while. So he'd come around the house and his whole shtick was 
instead of being called Frank Millard, uh, he was known as the man in red because he wore from head to toe, um, you know, red shirt, tie, shoes, socks, rings, whatever. He had a, a dog, he dyed red, <laughs> and then he had a red car that he would drive. So when it. he'd come around, I would stop what I was playing with and I would just <laughs> be mesmerized by this guy. Uh -huh. And um, he was interesting. Grandpa got it, one of those aqua cars that, you know, is a car, but then you drive it into the water and, and it becomes a boat. And oh, he, yeah, he sure, took us out sure. on that one time. Uh, he got that from him. And um, yeah, Grandpa was into a lot of different things, usually outdoor sports, lots of outdoor sports. And he really had an affinity for cars. He really liked interesting, unique and high-end cars. Well, that's that's appropriate, I would yeah. think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, about, he really. What's that? I was going to ask you about um, Grandma on a lily pad. Oh, um, yeah, they um, they were always doing shows, different appearances and this and that. And she was asked to go to Marine Land of the Pacific, which is now no longer it used to be out in palos verdes on the peninsula out there it was uh -huh. a like a sea world kind of kind of venue and so she did uh a show in the lagoon there where she was wearing a pink bathing suit and she was on this giant lily pad and she was singing they had her all mic'd up and everything and uh and she had synchronized swimmers that were mermaids <laughs> swimming wow. around her. And um, and so my dad woke up one Saturday morning and said, girls, we're, you know, we're going to the Marine Land because um, grandma's, you know, singing there. And so we went and it didn't even phase me that she was out there on a lily pad. Um, that was just I figured, OK, well, that's what grandmas do. And um, and we watched <laughs> her show. And I was really more excited about uh, getting a little dolphin stuffed animal and some popcorn later, um, well, of course. you know, but it was fun watching her. I just, uh, you know, I didn't have a grandma that baked cookies and stayed home, but I guess I was kind of the only one in the, in my grade that could say I went and watched my grandma singing on a uh -huh. lily pad in her bathing suit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. Where are, where are the apples? Oh, when they moved from Chatsworth, it was devastating to the family because, well, three of their kids had died. It was a really hard time. And Trigger had died. And um, actually, two of their kids had died. And when they moved to Apple Valley, the third one died. Um, but he had to just get out of there because there were so many memories. Uh, mm -hmm. Get out of Chatsworth, which was in the valley. Uh, that beautiful ranch I've just been talking about where I, that I loved so much. Uh, and they moved up to the high desert. Uh, the doctor said it would be good, the fresh air, you know, for asthma or whatever they had. So they moved right. up to Apple Valley. And I was picturing that it was green hills and lots of apple trees, not even close to what that is. It's it's sand and high winds and cactus and sagebrush, um, tumbling, tumbleweeds. <laughs> uh -huh. Um yeah. It was very disappointing to move for to to visit them the first time because we all miss Chatsworth so much. But they just he really, especially Grandpa, had to really just get out of there because right. it was too hard with all the memories of 
of Debbie yeah. who had just died. So they lived there then for 20 years. Grandma did not like it, but she grew to, you know, appreciate it. And um, she traveled a lot. So, yeah, that was Apple Valley. It still is like that. And the house is still there. It was uh -huh. uh, a, a very strange house. Uh, it was laid out kind of different. Uh -huh. And... um. But, you know, we all adjusted and life went on and that's where they passed away. Actually, we were with them when they passed in that house. Really? Actually, not that, not that particular house. My uncle Dusty built them a new house several years later after they moved up there, a house on the golf course. And it was a much nicer house. Um, but they were still in Apple Valley. So they, they passed away in Apple wow. Valley. Did you make a Scotland trip? Scotland? Yes, she came with us. She came with us. Um, <laughs> um, Mimi, my Aunt Mimi from Scotland, um, her guardian was the chief constable of Scotland Yard. And oh. he invited us to come over there and visit. So we did, and Grandma went with us. And uh, my best friend at the time, Sherilyn, and we went on this Scotland trip. And and wow, it was quite a trip. <laughs> My dad rented the, the tiniest car on the planet, I think. And there were five <laughs> of us all squeezed into this little compact car with a suitcase on our laps. And we saw the countryside of Scotland. And we ended up in um, Edinburgh, where the Merrilies lived. The Merrilies, he was the chief constable there. And um, we went to the military tattoo up on the hill at the castle. And it's basically yeah. a, a, a show of bagpipers and dancing. And we sat in his private box with him and, and watched that. But I think Julie's network went off. Okay, she's back. Okay. Am I still here? Yes. He says good. you're back. Okay, good. Um, yeah, she was a really funny person to travel with because she was very much a backseat driver. And she'd be <laughs> jamming on the brake in the backseat, the imaginary brake, and grabbing onto my shoulder because I was in the middle. <laughs> I'd be going, Grandma, you're hurting me. Stop. <laughs> Tom, Tom, going to use those brakes, you know, and he's driving on the other side of the road, obviously. <laughs> and so it was a, it was a very interesting trip. It was fun. Very fun with her. <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. The Scots, uh, yeah. they're awful. Uh, uh, they're good people. My, I'm from Scottish. Lindy. My, uh, my oh. wife has, my wife is same, same. And uh, uh -huh. her father, her father was uh, was born in Edinburgh. Oh, so so have you been there? No, I haven't been there. But I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm going to retire some more, save up a little money, and then take off for it. That sounds that sounds like a good plan. It's yeah, beautiful it country over there. Really nice people too. I got to get got to get a hold of Coach, my best friend. He lives down in Hemet. His ah. name is Coach. He's Coach. We coach the little guys yeah. in, in football. 
which was a lot of fun. Now, I want to ask you if you would be kind enough, and I think that you will, to direct my uh, audience, the listeners, of where to go to buy your book. You can go on Amazon. It's it's on Amazon in both hardback and paperback. And uh, it's also on the Barnes & Noble website. And I am in the process of putting up my own website called info at julierogerspamilia.com. And I would like to be able to have books on hand that if people want them signed, I can send them back to them and just have a little site with pictures and trivia and this and that, you know, but I'm, I'm, it's not up and running yet, but I'm working on that. Uh, But Amazon's probably the easiest place for people to go to get it. Right. Right. Well, like I said, Mm -hmm. I'm waiting on my picture, picture book. There's lots of pictures in it and they have to turn down 125 (laughs) pictures that I couldn't fit (laughs) in there. (laughs) So (laughs) yeah. That's yeah. good. Well, I uh, have had a wonderful time talking to you today. Um, it has uh, been fun. It has been. Uh, bringing back some old uh, activities. And, uh, oh, I missed yeah. one. What, what's the swap meet? Oh, Grandpa and I used to go to the swap meet together when I was in college. And I'd go out okay. to their house on the weekends. <clears throat> And he would put it. his baseball hat on way down over his eyes and his tennis shoes and try to look so unlike Roy Rogers so people wouldn't recognize uh-huh. him. And then right. he'd give me some bills and have me go up and barter and get whatever it was he wanted. Um, and it was our little <laughs> game. We had a lot of fun doing it. And um, But we'd always bring our stuff home and grandma would look at both of us and say, out in the garage. I don't know where you're going to fit that in the house. You better take it out in the garage. And grandpa would roll his eyes and say, I told you. <laughs> they the had a really cute relationship. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I, I'll go in for everything. So, yep. Um, well, I want to thank my listeners and how to find you. And um, thank you for coming on and being part of your book with pictures. Uh, That's always a special, special time. At least it is for me. And uh, glad to see that uh, tuning in for Searching for Integrity. And so long and happy trials to all.